0: Welcome to Restoration Podcast. Be blessed as you listen to this Sunday's message, Season of Divine Acceleration, Part 2. Let's read the word of the Almighty God in honor of the word of God and the God of the Word. Our text this morning is taken from the book of John, Chapter 2. John, Chapter 2, from verse 1 to 11. John, Chapter 2, verses 1 to 11. If you cannot open your Bible fast enough, it will be on the screen for you. John chapter 2, verses 1 to 11, I read. And the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee. And the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said unto him, They have no wine. Jesus said unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? My hour is not yet come. And there was set, and his mother said unto his servants, Whatsoever he said unto you, do it. And there were set there six water pots of stone, after the manner of the purifying of the Jews, containing two or three first kings apiece. Jesus said unto them, Fill the water pots with water, and they filled them to the brim. And he said unto them, Draw out now, and bear unto the governor of the feast, and they bear it. And when the ruler of the feast had tasted the water which was made wine, and knew not whence it was, but the servants which drew the water knew, the servants of the feast called the bridegroom, and said unto him, Every man at the beginning does set forth good wine, and when men have well drunk, then that which is worse, but thou hast kept the, word, the good wine until now. Verse 10, 11 at the last verse. This beginning of miracles, this Jesus in Cana of Galilee, and manifested forth his glory, and his disciples believed on him. Let us pray. Father, Lord, we thank you, we praise you, we exalt you, we magnify you. For this time in your presence, Lord, is a time that you send your word, Father, Lord God, that comes to heal comes to deliver, comes to lift up, comes to encourage, comes to comfort, and come, Father Lord God, yes, to exalt your children this morning. We pray, Father Lord God, as your word comes, Father Lord God, it will not return to you void, but we shall do the work that it has been sent to do in our lives, and Lord God, at the end of it, all, you alone shall take all the glory. As your servant, I yield myself completely unto you for your, for your use this morning. Speak through me, Father Lord God, and Lord God, let your children hear your word, Father Lord, with clarity. So that, Lord, this world will be mixed with faith in their hearts, and it shall profit them. Thank you, Father, Lord, for doing it. We give you praise and we give you glory. For in Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. For in Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Let's be seated in his presence. Let's be seated in his presence. Once again, we thank you again for joining us this morning. Today we are still in the season of divine acceleration. The season of divine acceleration. And I was looking for a story to tell about divine, uh, divine acceleration. And I, I searched and I found out that the best story was actually in the Bible, in the word of God. It's a true story and it's a biblical story. We are all familiar with this story. The first, first miracle that our Lord Jesus Christ performed was at a wedding ceremony. What an honor that Jesus Christ gave to to marriage by performing his first miracle in a marriage ceremony. God was trying to show to us that he is the one that established the mission of marriage. And I thank God for this Sunday school this morning that our elder took us on what it means, what the marriage actually means, and the components of a marriage, of a home, of a family. But God has the heart of marriage, I mean, he has marriage in his heart. He has the family in his heart. And he does everything to make sure that the marriage, the, 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 the family units stays connected, stays at one. This story we have read took place in the, in the setting of the ancient, ancient Middle East. And those of us that, and yeah, I think it still applies today, those of us that are, that are from Africa as well. We can attest to this, that in a, during a marriage ceremony, it is not just a just a celebratory occasion. It's actually an occasion where the, the bride comes the, to pay the bride price. The bride brings a gift to the to the to the to the to the, to the I mean the groom. The groom brings a, a gift to the bride and also to the bride's family and also the people that come to the ceremony. And the marriage feast is part of that gift. So when the marriage feast doesn't go well. It is not a good sign for the for the for the groom, or for the or for the for the marriage, so, so to say. It was a case of an embarrassment that the wine ran out in the marriage ceremony. The book of Proverbs, I mean, Ecclesiastes, tells us that wine represents joy. It represents a merry heart. Pro, Ecclesiastes chapter nine verse seven. Ecclesiastes nine verse seven. It says, "Go thy way, eat thy bread with joy, and drink thy wine." With a merry heart, for God now accepted thy works. So we see that the wine running out is a sign of lack of joy, lack of, 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 of enjoyment, even at the beginning of this, this marriage that is just being, just being started. So it was not a good sign. Thank God that Jesus Christ and his mother Mary and their disciples, his disciples were invited to this wedding. Could you, could you imagine if they were not invited to this wedding? It would have been a, a huge shame and reproach for this, for this ceremony that I just, that just started this new marriage. And my prayer for you this morning is that whatever you are starting in your life this morning, that you will invite Jesus Christ into that situation and you will not experience any embarrassment. You will not experience any shame. You will not experience any reproach in the, name of, in the mighty name of Jesus. The seriousness of the lack of wine I mean, we, cannot, we may not be able to appreciate it right now, but he, I mean, Jesus Christ, who was there, could appreciate that even when he told his mother that his hour had not come. But yet, I've recognized how serious the situation was, he had to intervene because he recognized that this was not just an ordinary situation. Jesus Christ had to perform his first miracle, even though he said that it was not his time yet. So my prayer for you this morning is that even when it seems that it is not your time yet, you have not qualified yet, you have not studied enough yet, you have not, uh, I mean, done what, done what you need to do yet, but God will change his mind just for you so that you can receive your miracle, you can receive your divine acceleration. You see, in, the, in this story I reading is, I mean, it, it, when you talk about, about wine, converting water into wine, number one, water is tasteless water has no color i mean it's as if it's just completely bland i mean the water was there all along and they could have said well we don't have wine let's just have water to the people but jesus christ said no he wanted he didn't just want a colorless and a tasteless occasion he wanted a sweet occasion my prayer for you this morning is that if your life in your marriage in your home in your career in your education in your in your studies whatever in your business that seems to be tasteless, to be to be colorless at this point, the Almighty God will make it into sweet wine in your life in Jesus' name. So this is what what Jesus Christ did for this family. It's a miracle of turning water into wine. It's a phenomenon of acceleration. I don't know much about about making wine, but what I've I've read about about wine is that it takes about three or four years process to get to, to have wine. You have to first of all plant the seed, the vine has to grow. You have to harvest the grapes and then crush the grapes and bring out the wine from it. It takes about three to four years. And sometimes you are really looking for a good wine. It might even take longer. And you hear about the aged wine. Sometimes they have to age the wine for 20, you have 20 year old, 30 year old wine. Those are the best wines. So you can imagine that a period is, is something that could have taken 20, 30 years. God did in an instant. Our Lord Jesus Christ did in an instant. What is it that, that it seems so in, in the natural? It's that it's going to take a long time for you to receive that healing. It's going to take a long time for you to build that relationship. It's going to take a long time for you to build that business. It's going to take you a long time even to, to, to overcome that, that addiction or that, that lack, that poverty, to pay, out that, pay off that debt or that mortgage that you are working on. God, our God is not a natural God, he's a supernatural God. He will take what seems to be to be natural and he will, he, will, he will breathe upon it and he will speed up the process so that you can accomplish even, even what, what God has in stock for you even faster and even will take you further. That is, the, that, that is that's the God that we are serving. He's a supernatural God. So this God that will turn everything that seems impossible, that seems like he's going to take too long to accomplish, just like he did for that marriage. Turn uh, a process of over 20, 20 to 30 years, he did it in, his, in a split second. That is the God way we are talking about this morning. Now, Jesus Christ and his, and his disciples and his mother, they were invited to this wedding. They were invited. If they were not invited, can you imagine what kind of embarrassment? And many a time, when we, when we have occasion, one of the prayer points I always pray for, for occasions is that, they will be remembered for good. They will remember, when, when people come for your, for your ceremony, they are coming there to come, and, to come and have a good time, to come and have a good experience. But if something embarrassing, something of shame or reproach happens, that is all they are going to remember. Nobody will remember all the good things. Nobody will remember how well dressed the couple were. Nobody will remember how, how, how the hall was arranged, how the chairs were beautiful, all the food that was served. Nobody remember all that. All that is documented that is that the wine ran out. Brethren, whatever you are going through today, my prayer is that whatever you are doing you will remember for good. That all, you will not experience any shame or reproach so that it doesn't overshadow all the, all the goodness of God in your life. So my, Jesus Christ was invited. So my prayer for you this morning is that you should invite Jesus Christ into your situation. If you are living in a marriage today that, is, that it seems as if the wine has run out, it seems as if there's, 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 there, there, the. Is, you, you, I mean, there's, there's not, there's, there's no good. You are not experiencing any good in your home, in your career, in your business. I'm I'm, praying, I'm, I'm I'm asking you this morning. Invite Jesus to that, to that situation. And the Almighty God, He will step in and He will make everything beautiful, even in His own time. Say so he, he will give you beauty for ashes. He will give you joy instead of mourning. That's the promise of the Almighty God. See, the Bible says in the book of. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 4. Hebrews 13, verse 4, he said marriage is honorable. And that's what Jesus Christ was trying to portray here. That marriage is honorable. That's why he performed this miracle even in a marriage ceremony. But today, people are increasingly scorning marriage in the society, we say in the society that we live in. People are engaged in premarital sex, they just take it for granted. And then you have all this no fault divorce, divorce at for no reason. You say we are not comparable. I just just take take action like that, but that's not the, that's not the, that's not the will of God. That is not the plan of God. So if as 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 long as it's up to you, you should do everything to make the marriage honorable, and the Almighty God will, who you have honored will honor you in the, in your in your marriage in Jesus' name. Yes. Jesus and at least of six of his disciples were invited to this to this wedding, suggesting that the marriage couple they had some concerns about the character of their guests. They they didn't just want just anybody. They made sure they brought the right right guests to to, to their wedding. This relation relates to several common things that can happen even in marriages today, that couples experiences. Because at the end of the day, I mean, we cannot stop problems from happening. There will will be issues will come up. There will be things that can be discouraging even in marriage. But we can overcome them with the help of Christ, as long as we invite him into the marriage. So that's why we have to make sure that we invite marriage, I mean, I invite Jesus Christ into our marriage at the very beginning, from the foundation, so that you don't just, when the problems come, you can, it will help you to overcome whatever issues that might come. Bible tells us the story in the book of Matthews of the two, two people that build their house, build their houses. The wise build their house upon the rock, and the foolish build their house on the, on the sand. Guess what? The storm came to both of them. I mean, you can't say because you are a Christian, you will not experience storm. That is not practical. As long as we are in this world, the Bible says that we will have tribulation. They say we should be of good cheer because he has overcome for you. He has overcome for me. He has overcome for each and every one of us. So the storm came, but the one that was built on the rock who stood the storm was still standing. But the one that was built on the, on the sand was blown away. My prayer for you is that your marriage, your home, your family that you have built upon the rock will never be washed away by the storms of life in Jesus' name. Fourthly, this, this uh, 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 marriage, this, this occasion of converting water into wine, which Jesus performed, brings a sharp contrast between the law and grace. Law and grace. Bible says in the book of John chapter 1 verse 17, John 1, 17, he said, for the law was given through Moses, and grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. See, remember the book of Exodus chapter 7, we are told the story of how Moses converted the waters of Egypt as part of the, part of the, part of the plagues against the people of Egypt, against Pharaoh. He transformed water into blood. The water that was in the rivers, in the lakes, in the ponds. Even the waters that were in their water bottles or their kegs that they used to carry water. Their, their, reserve, their reservoirs, they were all changed into blood. That the people of Egypt could not drink any water. You know, in the root of Exodus. But here we have our Lord Jesus Christ transforming water into sweet wine. The best wine. So you see that. While judgment comes through the law in the book of Exodus, grace and truth, generosity and joy comes through our Lord Jesus Christ. So Jesus Christ was established right from the very outset that his ministry was going to be bringing joy, was going to bringing generosity, was going to be bringing peace, bringing truth, bringing grace to the people. And I pray that will be your portion this morning, even as you continue to serve the Almighty God, that you will never lack joy, you will never lack peace, We'll never lack his mercy and his grace even as you as, as you put your faith and your trust in him the book of john chapter 3 verse 17 john 3 17 it says for god did not send his son into this world to condemn the world which is what the lord does to sinners he said but through the but the world through him might be saved which is what grace does for those who accept christ as his lord as our lord and savior because it is when we accept him and we confess him then we are saved, and I pray. Even as we have confessed Him and accepted Him as our Lord and Savior, we will. Swoop. We are saved, we and our household, and we shall endure till the end, so that we shall be saved in Jesus' name. Amen. So Jesus came to fulfil the law; He did not come to condemn the law. It was a, it was an extension of the law by bringing grace to the people, and that's what Jesus Christ was showing, even through this, through this, uh, through, through this. Uh, through this miracle that he performed in in Cana of Galilee. it Reminds me of a story of a a minister that I heard about some time ago. He was driving his vehicle and uh, he was stopped by the cops because he was kind of uh, swerving in the road. The cops stopped him and they asked him, uh, why are you driving so fast? He said, I wasn't driving very fast, I wasn't swerving. And the, the, the cops noticed that he was drinking from a flask. And he said, what are you drinking? He said, it's just water, your, your, your honor. He said, okay, can I have a look at it? So he opened the flask and took a sniff at it. He said, this smells like wine. And the, and the man responded, what do you know? Jesus did it again. <laughs> Jesus transformed water into what? Wine. <laughs> Amen. So please, don't, don't drink wine and drive. Okay, you can drink water. Okay, I don't, blame, don't blame Jesus for that. Last week, we talked about the conditions for divine, receiving divine acceleration. Conditions for divine acceleration. And we mentioned that there were five conditions for receiving divine acceleration. When we looked in the book of 1 Kings chapter 18, from verse 41 to verse 46, talking about Elijah and how God accelerated, gave, gave accelerated speed That he was able to overtake the chariots of Ahab to get to Jezreel when, the, when, the, when he prayed for rain that eventually came. And we mentioned that one of, one of those conditions is having a connection, vertical connection with, with God, and also having a horizontal connection with people, because we need people. Just like in this story that we read, we can see that Mary, Mary called as Jesus, that they had no wine. Because he knew that with the connection that he had with Jesus, knowing who Jesus was, knowing that he was God, that they can do something about that situation. And then secondly, he told the servants to go and fill the water pots with water. And they did, and they filled it to overflowing all the way to the brim. This is what having a connection is all about. First of all, you have to have connection with God so that he can perform the miraculous and the supernatural in our lives. But we also need people around us. Imagine if there are no servants to fill the water pots. Jesus Christ was not going to do that by himself. Somebody had to go and do it. So we need to have that connection. And then number two, we talked about having the catalyst of thanksgiving. Last week was our thanksgiving service. So we talked about having a catalyst of thanksgiving because the catalyst is like the enzyme, it's like the, it's like the, the what, what, what makes the, what gives the, the process speed. Just like we do in, I mean, of you that study chemistry know about, about the enzyme that, that catalyzes the, 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 uh, the reaction so that you will go faster. So also, thanksgiving, when you give thanks to the Almighty God, irrespective of how you feel, irrespective of how you, where you are, irrespective of your state of mind, have an attitude of thanksgiving. Be thankful to God for what you have. Yes, you may not be where you want to be, but I can tell you, you are not where you used to be. Thank God that you woke up this morning. Thank God that yes, God has given you sanity of mind to know where you are, to know who you are, to know to know you recognize your children. You know, who you are. You know how to get into your wardrobe and go and pick up a dress to wear on yourself this morning. You didn't. Have, nobody had to dress you up. You are able to breathe by yourself this morning. You are not requiring any oxygen tank. You are not on a respirator. We have many, many reasons to be thankful. And when you have that attitude of gratitude. That is what propels the hand of God to say, if this person can thank me, even in this situation, then I must intervene in their situation. So brethren, we have to have a catalyst of thanksgiving. And I already spoke about that. So I'm not going to go into too much detail with that. But today, we're going to talk about three other, three other uh, uh, conditions for divine acceleration. Three other conditions for, for divine acceleration. One of them is we, we start talking about consistency and commitment. Consistency and commitment. If we remember the story of, 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 of Elijah, why he was praying on, 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 on the mountain. Sending his servants several times. Seven times to go out and check if, the, if, the, if he can see any cloud. Seven times the servant went out to check and came back and said, or six times if he went out and came back and said there was nothing. And we are told that Elijah put his head between his legs and he was praying earnestly. And of course, we read in the book of James chapter 5, James chapter 5, that the earnest, fervent prayer of the, of the righteous, what? Avails much. It does a lot to pray. We have to, be, we have to be consistent, and we have to be committed to the things that God has put in our, in our lives. We should not take anything for granted. We should not take anything, no matter how small. The Bible says we should not despise the days of small beginnings. No matter how small. It was a small, small cruise of oil that the, that, 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 that the widow used to, to be able to pay off all her debts and prevent her children from being taken into bondage, into slavery. It was the small meal that the widow of Zarephath used. that used, It prepared a little for, 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 for Elijah. And then we are told that they ate for many days. And that, that flour never ran, ran out. And the oil never ran dry. This is what God can do with little. And we can see in this story that we read today, that even our Lord Jesus Christ, he transformed ordinary water. People think that we would have said it was useless. Because the wine ran out, and like I mentioned earlier on, they could have begun to serve the water as as an alternative. But they didn't think that was good enough. But God was able to transform that wine, I mean that water, into sweet wine, and the best wine at that. You can see what the, what the response of the head of the feast said. That yes, people initially, they serve the, the best wine. I mean, they serve the, the good wine at the beginning of the party. And then when they, people are a little bit tipsy, they are drunk and they don't know any better, you can give them anything and then they will drink it. But he said, but you have reserved the best for the last. And our God always gives the best for the last. So your, your, your story is not over yet. It doesn't matter what you have experienced right now. It doesn't matter what you, what you have experienced in the past. I can tell you, God is doing greater and mightier things in your life, and you will, be, you, you will experience the best even in this season, in this season of divine acceleration. That's why our, 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 our Bible verse for this month is, is, it says that the, 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 the path of the just is that it's shining light. It's shining brighter and brighter. Even not until the perfect day. My prayer for you is that your path going to shine brighter and brighter. Your life going to shine brighter and brighter, because the glory of the Lord has risen upon you, and the Almighty God has shown the light light upon you this morning. And you will never know failure again. You will never know embarrassment again. You will never know shame again. You will never know reproach again. And success and victory will always be your portion. Thank you, Father, Lord, for doing it. For in Jesus' name we pray. So you see that. In this, in, this, in this story, that is, we have to be consistent and be committed. Mary was not going to take a no for an answer. Even though our Lord Jesus Christ told him, it was not my time yet. That you should just leave me alone. But Mary, Mary said no. Was, she was consistent and she was committed. She was diligent. She was persistent. You know, that's what we should be. We should pray until something happens. Push. That's an acronym that we often use. She prayed until something happens. That's what Elijah did. He prayed and prayed until something happened. Don't don't be too, don't be too, be too quick to give up. Imagine if Elijah had stopped after the six times and said, Well, there's no cloud. So let's, let's forget about this rain and move on. What would have happened? Imagine if the people of, of Israel. That God told them to march around the wall of Jericho seven times. If they have given up after six times and said, forget it, this world is not coming down. Let's, let's not do it anymore. Imagine if Naaman have dipped in the in the in the river Jordan six times and they have stopped and said there was no miracle, this leprosy is not being cleansed. For them, it may have been seven times. For you, it might be ten times, it might be twenty times. Are you going to give up? No, they are not going to give up because you are consistent. And you are committed. See the wine that God created was better than any wine that man himself would have made by himself. But God required the help of man and all God is asking us to do is to be in agreement with him. My, uh, 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 the the Kenufo was saying just now during the, during the uh, offering taking saying that when you hear a word of prophecy you should at least say amen. That's saying that I agree with you Lord. When God says you are blessed say amen because you agree with God. Receive it. That's a sign. That's a sign that you are in agreement with God. That you are committed and you are consistent with the source of all your help. Because we look up to the hills from whence to our help. Our help comes from the Lord. It doesn't come from man. So we should not give up. You should, should not give up. It, it, it reminds me of a story I heard recently of a man who was going to start his business. He had gone to different brands producing his. Uh, his, uh, his, his forecast for the business or what he was trying to do. He was rejected by 32 banks, 32 banks, he never gave up. But the 33rd bank accepted to fund, to fund, to fund the, the project and the business. And guess what, the, the business prospered. The business succeeded because he didn't give up. So do not give up, do not give up. Whatever, whatever the enemy wants to do, the, the Almighty God can override it. Because the enemy will want to sow seed of discord, seed of discouragement, seeds of, of, of failure. You are not a failure. Just because you fail one does not make you a failure. You know, it is those that, that give up. They are the ones that, that, that become failures. But when you, when you stay, stay on the course and be consistent and, and, and committed, the Almighty God will reward you with success and with victory in the mighty name of Jesus. The Bible, Bible says in the book of Proverbs 21 verse 5, Proverbs 21 verse 5, it says the thoughts of the diligent Tend only to plenteousness, but of everyone that is hasty only to want. I like the New, New Living Translation. It says good planning and hard work lead to prosperity, but hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. We don't have to take hasty shortcuts. Plan and do the work that is needed, and the Almighty God will reward you with prosperity, even in the mighty name of Jesus. It is an honor to work with God, with faith to accomplish his will in our lives. And we should, if we do with the right, right attitude, with the right motive, we will never regret serving the almighty God or being involved even in the, in the work that he sent us to do. God's command may not be easy to, to follow, may not be easy to, to obey, but I can assure you, as you obey them, as you necessarily do it, you will never be in want because you also always receive his blessing. So in the light of these principles, that's why Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10, 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 10, 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 10, he says, If anyone will not walk, neither shall he eat. That is how serious God, God takes, takes the principles of, of diligence, commitment, and consistency. God, God doesn't, take his, doesn't take it lightly. So this miracle prompts us to grow in Christ so that we can grow both in works, both in faith and also in the works. Because, I mean, you can, we, we, faith without works is what? It's dead. No matter how faithful you are, no matter how believing you are, you can, call, you can, you can be blessed call, calling on the ground and plant corn and say rice must come out of it. It's not going to happen. You have to do the work, you have to do the right work so you can receive what you are expecting. I, I pray as you do the work that the almighty God will meet us at the points of all our needs in Jesus' name. Fourthly, we have, to, we have to have a concern. We have to be concerned. We have to be concerned. Mary was concerned about this couple. Mary was concerned about this ceremony that was, seemed to be going awry. Mary was concerned that shame and reproach was coming into this beginning of a, of a good thing that God was doing in the life of this family. And that's why he went to Jesus. We have to be concerned about what, what's going on around us, what's happening in our lives, we should not just accept the status quo and say, oh, this is it. So that's how it's supposed to be. So I've got, I'm just going to accept it. No. Don't take no for an answer. We have to be concerned. On behalf of the newlyweds and their families, Mary prudently went to Jesus to solve the, this wine problem, which, which emphasizes the need for, to have friends that, can, that have concern for you, just like you have concern for, for others. We're saying this Monday about the Ten Commandments that say we should love God with all our heart with all our mind with all our soul but we also love our neighbors as ourselves but first of all you have to love yourself enough to be concerned about your situation before you can can love your neighbors okay so it's very important that you have to be concerned about what you need god shows us that god is pleased to even use human instruments to fulfill his purpose by performing these wonders even in this in this uh, in this uh, Miracle that we, that we witnessed in this, in this marriage. In this marriage ceremony. He will not perform those things that you can do for yourself. There are things that you have to do. Those servants have to fill the water pots before Jesus Christ convert the water into wine. Jesus Christ would have, wouldn't have done it. If God is going to perform a miracle so that you can be lazy, so you don't have to do anything, he's not going to do that miracle. You can be praying from now to eternity. If you want to get a job, you have to go out and submit your resume. You cannot just sit at home and be praying for, for a job. That's somebody's going to come and knock on your door and offer you a job. Well, it might happen. But I can tell you, if you want, if you want God to, to intervene for you, you have to do what you have, you have to do. And then God will do what you cannot do. God will do what only he can do, which is to give you favor to give you breakthrough, to give you divine acceleration, even in the area of, in that area of your life that you desire in Jesus' name. So God is not going to make us lazy and irresponsible because of before, uh, why he's doing so he can do miracles in our lives. He will, dis- he will not destroy being industrious or being hardworking. Miracles do not excuse us from performing our responsibilities. We still have to do what we have to do. Just like I mentioned earlier on, Faith without works is dead. No matter how much faith you have, you have to be willing to put in the work. And even in the book of Philippians, Apostle Paul told us that yes, we have received salvation, salvation is free, by his grace. We cannot, we cannot earn it, we cannot work for it, we cannot repay back the salvation. But we have to work out that salvation with what? Fear and trembling. We have to work it out, there's a work involved in that salvation. Finally, I want to talk about the confession of our faith. Confession of our faith as part of the part of the the, the uh, what we have to do to receive divine acceleration. What are you confessing? What are you confessing? The Bible says in the book of uh, Psalm one hundred seven verse two. Psalm one hundred seven verse two. He said, "Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom He has redeemed from the hand of the enemy." What are you saying? What are you confessing? Are you confessing? Confessing that, oh, I, 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 cannot, I can't do this, I have, no, I have no strength, I have no energy, I have no money, I don't have the right ascent, I don't have the right uh, nationality, uh, this, this uh, debt is going is is uh, to put, put you under. No, don't confess all that. The strength of Mary's faith was exhibited. Even when Jesus Christ said, it is not my time. Mary, almost as if he ignored Jesus Christ, when about to tell the servants, go ahead and fill the water pots with, with water. Because I know that Jesus would intervene. So we, we, have, we have to have that faith to confess that even when things don't, don't look right, even when it doesn't look like it's going to happen, be, be stand in faith. I begin, I begin to decree and declare that the Lord, yes, who promised, is not a man that he would lie, that he is the son of man that he will repent. If he has said it, he will make, surely make it to come to pass. So put your put your faith and your trust in him. And you can see that in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11. We know that, that passage as a passage of love. But in verse 11, I was surprised how Apostle Paul threw that in. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 11. He said, when I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man... I put away childish things. Now, what, what has that got to do with all the things I have said about love in verse 13? I mean, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I was thinking about it, and I thought, well, you, the way you speak makes a lot, has a lot to do with how you love, the way you understand. Many things that causes relationships to break down today is it either the way you speak, the way you understand, and the way you think. That is what, that's, that's the summary of what breaks down most marriages, most homes, most relationships. It's the way you speak. Do you speak, speak gently, kindly to each other? Do you try to understand each other's point of view? You know, it's, I mean, having an understanding. I mean, I, I was listening to Daddy Gio yesterday. Talk, I tried to explain what that understanding means. He said understanding is like a vision. It's like having a, it's like a sight. So when all, you try to explain something to you and you say you don't understand it. They explain, they explain a different, different explanations and eventually you say, oh, I see. Now you can see. Now you have an understanding. So having an understanding is like having a vision. of. So you have a vision of what your, what your marriage and your home should be like, what your life should be like, what your career should be like. Then you, you know that you cannot just be saying whatever you like or be thinking whatever you like. You cannot allow your mind to wander into things that can lead you astray. Cannot allow your understanding to be to be plagued by, by the kind of music you listen to, the kind of uh, uh, movies you watch. You don't allow your mind to be to, to 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 be corrupted by things that do not add value to your life. So the way you think, the way you the way you speak, the way you understand is very very important. The, the book of Luke chapter six verse forty five. Luke six forty five. The last. Part of it says, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. It's what's in your heart. That's what you speak. So if you speak faith, then you will receive the blessings of God. But if you speak failure, speak speak uh, lack, speak, speak poverty, then that's what you are going to receive. And, and it's also repeated in the book of Matthew chapter 13, uh, verse 24. Mark, Mark 12, verse 34, sorry. But in Mark 12, verse 37, in the New Living Translation, he said, The words that you say will either acquit you or condemn you. The words that you speak can either acquit you or condemn you. So, brethren, be careful what you are confessing. Be careful what you are speaking. Be careful what you are understanding. And in, as we read in that 1 Corinthians chapter 13, there are things that you can do when you are a child. child can get away with it. But now you are an adult. You are a grown man, a grown woman. You should know better. What makes you a man or a woman is not just in age. It's not just in, 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 the, uh, in, in, in the numerical value of your age. But it's in what you, what you say. In how you understand and how you think. That's what makes you an adult. And when you become a man or a woman, you're supposed to put away those childish things. And I pray the Almighty God will help us in Jesus' name. So the understanding is, is, the, is the truth. On, that, on, 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 which, on which you stand under. That's what the understanding is. And you might say today, this will not happen to me. I don't have the right skin color. I don't have the right accent. I'm not from the right nationality. I don't have the right connections. Or you, have, you feel so beaten down that you can't even get off from, from the dumps. You feel like life has been, has been, has, has been, has been rough on you. Everything has been going, going the wrong way for you. Like, you, I mean, what, what, how am I going to get divine acceleration when I'm so far behind? All my mates have gone way ahead of me. If you are saying all that, then yes, this may not happen to you. Because it's what you say, what you decree. Say so you shall decree a thing and it shall be established. Do you feel like you have been pulled back? You feel like nothing is working for you? That you have, you have experienced so much failure, so much lack, so much disappointment. You have experienced so much losses. You have been pulled back. But I have a principle I want us to adopt this morning. It's called the principle of bow and arrow. I'm, my brethren were asking me earlier, what am I doing here with this bow and arrow? So I'm going to demonstrate it for us. This is called an arrow. No, you don't have to run. Don't worry. I'm not going to shoot it at you. And this is called a bow. Now, if I'm going to shoot this bow and arrow, I have to put it in the right position first, right? Now, if I pull the arrow like this a little bit and I shoot, how far do you think this arrow is going to go? Not too far, right? But if I pull it all the way back, and I should. How far is he going to go? <laughs> Much farther. So the, the further you have feel, seem to have been pulled back, the further you are going to be able to be shot forward. Amen. Do you feel like you are being pulled all the way back right now? Like you are, you are down in the dumps? You can't get to where you need to get to? I'm summarizing to you this morning. Of course the Almighty God is allowing you to be pulled back. It's because God wants to shoot you further to where He wants you to go. He wants to accelerate your progress, even to the furthest that God wants to send you. It doesn't matter how much you have been pulled back. It might look like if the wine has run out of your life, out of your marriage, out of your home, out of your finances, out of your career this morning. Don't get negative. Don't start murmuring. Don't start complaining. Begin to praise and worship the Almighty God because God is going to shoot you forward. He's going to shoot you further. To the extent that you will not only catch up you will overtake those that seem to have gone way ahead of you. This is what God wants to do. You will get to your destination and you get to your purpose even faster than you expected. When God's ready to shoot you forward he doesn't ask for your opinion. He doesn't even have to ask for your permission. It doesn't have to check with, your, with those that, 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 are, that are, are, are criticizing you. It doesn't have to the approval of your family or your co-workers or your classmates or your teachers, your professors. It doesn't even ask your bank account how much money you have in there. It doesn't have to ask what the economy looks like. God can shoot you forward and you'll be able to decree and declare that only God could have done it. No person can stop you. No bad break can stop you. No bad bad experiences in the past can stop you. He breathes his breath into your, into you. He has already planned this season of divine acceleration into your into your future, and it shall surely come to pass in your life in Jesus' name. Amen. So times like that that you have missed, so that times will come like Amos prophesied, the book of Amos nine thirteen, Amos nine thirteen, that it will happen so fast, fast so fast that one will happen on the heel of the other. That you will be able to, it will be as if your head is swimming. You will be able to keep up. Everything will be happening all at once. Everywhere you look, you will see blessings all around you. That is the promise of the Almighty God. You will receive your divine healing, your favor, your connections, your breakthrough, even way ahead of all that you thought might, would have happened. So as you maintain your connection with the Almighty God, as you maintain your connection with people around you, as you maintain your consistency, your commitment, and your diligence, and you show concern for yourself and the people around you, and you confess the truth and the promises of God in your life, and are the catalysts of thanksgiving. I believe and I decree and declare into your life that God will accelerate your healing, God will accelerate your promotion, God will accelerate your fruitfulness, will accelerate your freedom from doubt, freedom from addiction, freedom from lack, freedom from poverty, it will bring you and fulfill the purpose and destiny even in your life. If you receive that this morning, can you rise up and give the Almighty God a shout of Hallelujah? Let's shout Hallelujah to the Almighty God. Oh yes, let's shout Hallelujah unto Him because He's worthy to be praised and He's worthy to be exalted. So, brethren, I just want us to take a moment at this time to pray for every marriage that is having, having any issues this, at this moment. Every marriage that seems as if the wine has run out every marriage or career or business in your life, in your education, in your studies, whatever area it is that it seems as if the wine has run out, oh yes, and the, wine, the oil has run dry. Call upon the Almighty God, invite me to your marriage. Invite me to your life this morning. Invite me to your career this morning. Invite Him to your education this morning. Invite him, because just like Jesus Christ was invited, even into, this, into the, to the marriage. Brethren, as you invite him, he will transform every colorless and every tasteless situation in your life into sweet wine this morning. That's the promise of the Almighty God. Call upon him, call upon him, call upon him. And the anointing, yes, of this message, yes, will do that which only God can do in your life. Thank you, Father, Lord, for doing it. I give you praise and I give you glory. Thank you for listening to Restoration Podcast. Join us next week as we continue in the Word of God.